the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. You recognize that there is none like Him? Have you been searching for something other than Him? It's easy to start doing that. When life presents you with problems, you look for answers. You're quick to get distracted looking for answers. And you say, I need an answer. But there is none like Him. He's the answer. Every problem you can name or think of right now, no matter how big it may seem, Jesus is the answer. For He is our life. And He is using everything around you, all your circumstances and all your issues and all your problems, to acquaint you with the fact that there is none like Him. That He is enough. That He is sufficient. That He is your blessing and your reward. You see, He wants you to recognize that as Christians, you're spiritual beings. And that is the preeminent issue. That you're spiritual beings. When problems come up in this world, we tend to believe that we are physical beings because the problems are addressing physical issues. And they seem insurmountable. But our hope is not in our body and it's not in our physical being. It's in our spirit. It is in our union with Christ. It is in the victory that He's already won. Well, these are religious sounding words, but they're the truth of the Christian's life. Have you been able to find hope in anything but Jesus? Have you been able to find peace in anything but Jesus? I can tell you that it won't last. There is only one foundation which we can stand upon, and it's Him, and Him alone. We've been going through Ephesians, and we are in chapter 4, and uh, I'm going to read verses 12 through 14 to kind of keep the context so that you know what Paul is saying in totality. Starting in verse 12, he says, His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. That's you guys, by the way his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering towards building up Christ's body, that is the church. Now I want you to remember that phrase, because we're going to come back to it. Verse 13, that it might develop 
that is the work, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at a really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is none, nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in Him. Jesus is the standard. So then, we may no longer be children. As we stand in maturity, we may no longer be children, tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery in inventing errors to mislead. Now, last week we left off on verse 14, talking about the, the gust of wind and how immaturity hampers us and what it does to us. We'll start with verse 13, and Paul is saying in verse 13 that we are to develop in our maturity that we may arrive at a really mature manhood. Now the manhood he's referring to is our humanity, since immaturity is not vexing our spirit. Our spirit is in union with Christ. But where we continually have problems is in the area of our humanity. Well, the issue is for us is that, did you know that though we are human, and we are, but we are spiritual creatures, that means that you are spirits with a body. Do you understand that? Not bodies with a spirit. The priority, the source of life, the truth of who you are is in your spirit. It is not in your body. And the world wants to convince you of, of, of something different. The enemy wants you to believe that life is defined in the context of your body so he can keep you condemned, so he can keep you under accusation and keep you in this mindset that you somehow can't have a relationship with the perfect and righteous God up there. That you must be separate because, after all, the body is a body of sin. And we do make mistakes, don't we? We fail. But the Spirit, the Spirit is in union with Him. And it is perfect. The body is not. It's in the human, our humanity that we have problems. Being spiritual is a process of becoming spiritual in our experience. And what Paul is talking about here in chapter 4 is he's really addressing the church. As the church should mature and the church should become more spiritual. Because the church is a spiritual body. But we can take this and we can apply it individually. Because what God's intention for us as we talked about this, as we walk upon this earth, is learning to be spiritual creatures. Learning to love Him. Learning to have a relationship with Him. Learning to grow in intimacy with Him. And we do that experientially. This earth and all that we go through upon it is designed to bring us to the conclusion that we need a God. Would everybody agree with me on that? Well, what is the point of us understanding that we have a God if we can't relate to Him? Well, Jesus took care of that. We have been born again. You are new creatures. And you are spiritual creatures. 
spiritual creatures made anew to have relationship with him. But did he take our bodies away from us at salvation? No, he didn't. He left them. He left you with the same mind, will, and emotions you had before. He left you with all of those memories and the, the big box full of, full of coping mechanisms that you used before you understood you needed a God. All of that stuff was still in there. And what God is doing, little by little, whether you realize it or not, is He's bringing you to a place where you no longer rely on anything but Him. And you learn to walk in that spirituality. You learn to walk out of that relationship. You begin to see things with spiritual eyes and discern things with a spiritual mind. It's a process. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 and 15. And by the way, I'm reading out of the Amplified for those who are wondering, where is he getting all this? Verse 13. And we are setting, for, setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is bringing us along, tutoring us in the truth of who we are, like a mother would a child, interpreting life for us, helping us understand that we are spiritual, and that we have a God, and that we can walk above the, the normal vulnerability of humanity we can now stand in the strength of our spiritual union with Christ and there is a peace that passes all understanding there is a hope that goes beyond circumstance there is a truth that defines the wicked logic of this world there is greater things in him than, than things in this world and we begin to live out of that truth the Spirit is tutors. And then verse 14 it says, But the natural, now this is the man, the non-spiritual man. Well, what is he saying there? He's saying that there is a spiritual man and a non-spiritual man. Well, how does the non-spiritual man look? The non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, meaningless, nonsense to him. And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. But the spiritual man tries all things. He examines, investigates, inquires into, questions, and discerns all things. But this is not out of unbelief. This is not questioning God out of unbelief or out of self-protection. But as a child watches a father with wide-eyed wonder saying, Father, how'd you do that? Father, is this your work? It's that loving devotion. The picture here is not the skeptic. The picture here is not the person who sits there and makes judgments about what God is doing and what He's not doing. The picture here is a, is a person who is intimate with the Father and brings all things before Him, before the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, as He says in the previous verse, discerns and, and make, makes known to Him the work of the Father in whatever circumstance He's in or gives Him peace to walk through it. And, you, you know, every circumstance is different. I've walked into situations where I knew up front that what God was doing there. 
because he was working on a specific issue in my life or in somebody else's life. And I knew. Now, I didn't know all of it, but I knew going into it, this is what God was doing. But then I've walked into situations I didn't have a clue. And when it gets like that, you have one place to go. You go and you stand before heaven and you say, you are my God and you are love and you are sovereign. And I will believe in you. I will receive from your hand all things, for you are my life. I will believe if I never, and I've said this before to y'all, the prayer is, if I never see another sign, if I never have a warm, gooey feeling, if I never hear have another revelation, if I never see, hear another worshipful song and a tear comes to my eye, if I never have another religious experience, I will believe in you. Period. It is my determination, for you are my life. That's faith. That's the truth of faith. Believing, even though you may not understand or receive in that moment. The non-spiritual man is incapable of that. The non-spiritual man is, is constantly handling things in his own strength. Living as a non-spiritual being or a lost man is for the Christian really carnality or immaturity. It's living as if your hope is in this world and that you have no life beyond your physical life. Do you live that way? Are you living that way? How does it feel? Insecure? Full of fears and doubts? Wondering if your life's going to be wrecked at any given moment or upon a certain circumstance if it comes back? Many of us live as physical beings out of our humanity praying that God will save our humanity rather than recognizing that we're spiritual beings and all things work together for good. And what do I mean by that? That means that I rock along until something goes wrong or goes bad in my estimation. And then as a Christian, I petition God to iron it out so I can go on living comfortably. Right? Well, what's the priority in your life? What has got preeminence in your life? I'll tell you what it is. It's your humanity, not your spirituality. That's where the problem comes in. You're living as a lost man. For your hope is in the, in the blessings of this world. Your hope is in you being able to be comfortable. Your hope is in what you can get out of this life. And, of course, when you die, let's go to heaven. Immaturity makes your faith or your Christianity an extension of your self-centered perspective. It's all about your needs rather than the sufficiency of Christ. Immaturity will will never put others first unless there's something in it for you. It is the enemy of unity and really does not comprehend union because true union is a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. And this this is what is described in verse 14. It says, Ephesians 4.14, So then, we may no longer be tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men. Gamblers engage in every shifting form of trickery, inventing errors to mislead. And we talked about this last week. The truth of the condition of a child or immature Christian, the instability, the weak condition, leaves them prey for the godless. 
You know, one of the characteristics of a child that leaves them vulnerable is that they don't know when they're in danger. They don't know they're in danger. They go right up to the fire. They go running around the car that's moving. They, how many of you have heard stories about a kid getting in and actually starting the car and putting it in gear? They don't know. They'll play with matches and gasoline. They haven't got that one figured out. They don't think it's going to hurt them. They're curious. They're going out in childlike curiosity, and they're going forward and doing what they want to do because what's number one in their mind is whatever comes to their mind. Right? Well, let's back up the truck and think about walking apart from God. It's the same thing. You know, the person who is ignoring God, the the Christian who's living a carnal life, is acting as though he doesn't need a God. He's putting things aside like a child would ignore his parent. He's running headlong into destruction, and he's unaware, and he thinks he's in control. He thinks he's got it all figured out. But does he? You see, there are issues involved that the child can't even comprehend. Child doesn't understand all of the issues when it comes to jumping in a car, starting a car, and putting in gear. He doesn't have any concept of the danger that is surrounding him with matches and gasoline. He doesn't know what these things could do to him and do to the people around him. And nor does he care because he's not thinking that far ahead. He doesn't have the full picture. He is moving on his desire, period. Folks, that's how homes are split. That's how lives are devastated because people are convinced they're smart enough to live without God. Christians are convinced that they're smart enough to live apart from the truth of who they are. That they can make it happen. That they've got the personality or the wherewithal to make their life work. And they buy into the world's idea, when I get to this place, then I'll make life work well. When I get to that place, I'll make life work well. If I can just get this sorted out, life will be good. And here, I'm buying into a lie, like a little child rushing headlong into a situation they can't handle, walking away from a situation they have yet to handle, because they haven't yielded to the truth within them. That's immaturity. That's a child. The fact that uh, the immature are being tossed about is not if you, if you live in carnality and immaturity that, that you might be tossed about. No, it's a definite you are tossed about. You may have your sea legs, but brother, you're getting tossed about. And life is rolling like one wave after another. You are vulnerable. Well, how is maturity manifested and what does it look like? Let's look at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, Rather, instead of being tossed about like children, rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Remember that phrase. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into Him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Rather, or instead of living an immature life or a divided life and being tossed about, express what? Truth. That's what the Word says. Express truth. Who is the truth? John fourteen six. 
Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that's what maturity looks like. It's the expression, it's letting our lives express the truth within us. And what is within us, Christian? His life. His life. Now your translation may say, speaking the truth in love, and many believe that this verse is just about being honest and truthful and loving. I've heard many people quote this verse as an excuse to set somebody straight and make it sound spiritual. But the truth is that there is only one truth. What Paul is saying goes infinitely beyond communicating with one another. The Amplified explodes the meaning by adding dealing truly and living truly. Look what Jesus says about living the truth. In John chapter 3 verse 21, he says that he who practices truth, who does what is right, comes out into the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are, wrought with God, divinely prompted, done with God's help, are in independence, in dependence on Him. Maturity is a life of dependence. Truth is recognizing our dependence. And the truth is our resource for life, which is Jesus Himself. John sixteen thirteen says... But when He, the Spirit of Truth, that's capital T, the Spirit of Truth, the truth-giving Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth, capital T. He's not talking about understanding. He says, I will guide you into all truth. That's all He is. That is Jesus Himself. That is the Spirit's job to take your life and guide you into the intimate relationship that you have with Christ in all things. What is all things talking about? It's talking about all things. Every issue of your life, every moment of your life, the Spirit of God is working into you the truth of your Savior who is the truth. That is what He's doing. When He comes, He will guide you. He will guide you into truth. Now think about that. It doesn't say He will guide you into every circumstance. He doesn't say He will guide you in in all of the pathways or He'll guide you to wherever you're going. He says He will guide you into truth. What does that mean? Well, I'm in this circumstance. The Spirit of God will reveal truth in that circumstance. Because the purpose of you being there is to be exposed to the truth that is within you. You see that? You see what the Spirit of God is doing in you? He is bringing you into truth. This is not about how smart you are. This is not about how intellectual you are. This is not about what you learn in school or what you might have learned in seminary or even what you heard me prattle on about. This is about the Spirit of God bringing you into truth because you were made for Him. Not because you have an aptitude for spirituality, but because you were made for Him. You know when you were made for Him? When you received Him, you became a new creature. You became a new creation. You were created for Him. Remember this, nothing else suits you 
If you're a child of God, there is not another life that will suit you. There is not another way that will, that will fit you. You have one walk, and it's with Him. And it's not a burden. It's a blessing. It's the truth of who you are. You know how many people are dying every day because they just can't find themselves? Well, the truth is they've rejected God. And God is life. And without life, there's no purpose. I don't care what cause you may be carrying. It won't have any purpose in it without Jesus. He will guide you into all truth, the whole truth, the full truth. For He will speak not of His own message on His own authority, but He will tell you whatever He hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to Him. And He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Now, you know what that sounds a whole lot like to me? It sounds like what we read last week, what Jesus said about His relationship with the Father, doesn't it? I do nothing of myself. All that I do is the Father doing through me. I speak not of myself. I speak the words that the Father gives me to speak. I do none of those things apart from the Father. All that I do is what the Father's put in me. And what is He saying about the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God has come to rest in you. The truth is in union with your Spirit. And He will give you what you are to do. He will bring you along and He will guide you into all truth wherever you are. Do you know where you are right now is the greatest place for you to be to learn truth? If you're a Christian, you are nowhere by accident. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.